Come celebrate 40 years of Unix at the Ohio Linux Fest from September 25th through the 27th. If you use GNU, Linux, BSD, OpenSolaris, or any Unix or Unix-like system, you belong at Ohio Linux Fest. Register free today at ohiolinux.org. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. It's September 5th, 2009, and once again, it's time for Tit Radio. I'm Monster B, and this is episode 8, and at the round table, or the TIT round table with me tonight is Azmuth. Uh, good evening. Claw 2. Hello, everyone. Art V61. Uh, good evening. J-Man 83. Hello. Peter 64. Good eye. The Zokes. Hey. Hello. And Pegwall. Hey, I'm glad you didn't call me Peggy this time. I was getting ready to. I noticed. Let me start it off with some feedback. This one here is from Tom Monks. He's been listening to Lennox Crank since the first episode, and he's really been enjoying the new TIT radio format. He says, uh, I have to say my favorite Crank's moment is still the one about the savory biscuits. I was doing some I work. I still don't get that one. Well, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was doing some work on the house, and he said he was laughing so hard he almost fell off the ladder. <laughs> I, I would like to actually apologize to him for every episode I've been on. And hey, I would what actually... about apologizing to us? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get that apology one day. Hey, do you guys want to hear about this uh, live CD I'm using? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the show right now with the live CD. It's, uh, it's called Jibid. Is it a new cool Linux live CD? <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's a new cool NetBSD live CD. NetBSD? Yeah. It's freshly now, built from Net, NetBSD 5.01. Can you run this off of a USB stick as well, or is it just a live CD? Oh, you probably could. What's that program you can use to convert it? UNet, UNet Bootin. Yeah, you probably could. See, I tried um, PC Anywhere, no, BSD Anywhere, sorry. Um, and I tried to make a USB stick out of it, and then I read the documentation when it didn't work, and it said, yeah, you can't do that. So I was wondering if that was something about it being BSD and having a different, you know, init sequence or or, or what. Can, can you install uh, that one you're talking about, BSD Anywhere, or is it strictly a live CD? It is strictly a live CD. I tried I tried putting it on a stick, on an SSD card, basically the same, you know, same result. I guess I could have tried some kind of DD thing, you know, and just like literally copy it over to an SD card or something, but I didn't think that would work. I could try it. Yeah, this one here is aimed, it's kind of aimed toward experts who, you know, need like a rescue disk or, or it probably, it's probably good for noobs that just want like a working Unix distro just to play around with. But you can't install this one either yet. It's strictly just a live CD. What do you have um, running on, what do you have it running on a desktop, I presume? Yeah, I'm just running a live CD right now on that same box that I have FreeBSD on. Okay. It's all, has all Intel parts. And I tried it on an AMD 64 system also, and I mean, everything works. 
and it's Apple. fast. Uh, it's got the um, XFCE uh, desktop. Okay. Uh, when you when you first boot the thing, it it puts you right at the uh, shell prompt. Uh, it's using Corn Shell, and you have to oh. type in Start X to boot up the desktop, or you know, fire it up, fire up X. But I mean, it's really snappy. The only thing I notice, okay, on the AMD system, everything just worked. But on this Intel system, I don't know if if it's because of uh, the graphics uh, driver, but Terminal won't start up. I have to use Xterm. Hmm. I don't know why or what's causing it, but what every... terminal is it trying to use? Uh, the, dis the, the default one in XFCE. Okay, that is weird. Yeah, it is. That sounds vaguely familiar, though. I don't think it was with XFCE, but I, I remember some terminal not starting on some BSD system, I think it was. I could be wrong about this, but it sounds very familiar. It might have been in XFCE on Linux. Maybe maybe some library didn't get installed or something. But it's really snappy. It comes with everything you need. I mean, for, for a live CD. How's the uh, package manager in that? Uh, it's using the uh, package source. Okay. But I haven't installed anything, you know, on the live CD. Right, yeah, that would make sense, I guess. But and I'm... Is that a command line thing, the package manager, or is it a little gooey with it, or... Well, it's a, it's a port system, just like, uh, it's okay. very similar to... Just like just, on FreeBSD. Yeah, it's very similar. But I'm running it right now for the chat room and uh, talk shoe, so... Cool. And it's been running, let me do an uptime right now, because I fired it up earlier today. And it's been running for a while. Let me just see what the. It's been running Does for four and a half hours. Does it on it? No, it doesn't. Let me let me do a uname dash. Yeah. So how is the how's the hardware support then? So you haven't noticed anything uh, not working on on just a just basically a boot from the live CD? Or are you having any issues? No now? issues at all. I mean, but I'm using it on a desktop. I haven't tried right. it on a laptop yet. I've just had weird issues with that. Uh, Intel HDA sound driver, whatever it is. I don't know. I forget on which systems, but just random ones that I'll try will, will not have sound support until I really go to extreme measures to get this Intel underscore HDA underscore driver or something like that. On, reconfigured. on just on the BSDs? No, no. It was, it was BSD Solaris. I want to say the PowerPC version of either... Debian or Fedora, I don't remember. No, it wasn't PowerPC. That, that's a different issue. But yeah, it was BSD and OpenSolaris. Yeah, this one works just fine. Okay, cool. I'll have to try this out. Sounds kind of neat. Kind of nice that the BSDs are starting to get into the live uh, CD thing. Seems like they weren't really doing that for, like, ever. Or maybe I just never heard of them. Yeah, and this one, Future Plans, to have a uh, installer, which would be nice. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. Because this is 100% at BSD. Yeah. Let me pull up real quick the this link if I can find it. There, there's also another one called Wi-Fi BSD or BSD Wi-Fi. It's a live CD with all kinds of uh, Wi-Fi drivers. That sounds really cool. I mean, that sounds like something one could potentially, obviously, run on a laptop. That'd be kind of neat. I wish they would do the whole live USB thing, though. Or maybe I should try with that UNet booting again, see if it works. Well, I'll throw that link in the show notes if I can find it. I Are you basically it. loading the whole thing into RAM and then just running it basically off your system RAM? Yeah, that's what it's doing now. Because I have FreeBSD yeah. installed on the hard drive. Right. And I just threw this on here just to play around with it. But So it's pretty quick right now because it's all it's all just stashed in your 
like eight gigs of RAM or whatever you've got. Well, on this machine, it's got two gigs, and it's showing oh, wow. it's, it's using 400 megabytes right now. That's with Firefox okay. open. Oh wow! With 10 tabs. Yeah. And I have two X terms running. It's not doing too bad. It's, it seems smooth. Cool. Oh, um, this fan isn't too loud, is it? The box fan I have running. Ah, <sighs> peg wall. Uh, yes. Something kind of tacky. Look, <laughs> <laughs> it has the tagline, the polished turn of all cast, because it is. It'll be turned yeah. off as soon as I'm done smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting tackier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm done talking. What do you got for us, Claw 2? I have a really cool little application that um, Deep Geek had actually emailed me about uh, asking if I knew of a command line way to examine like video and audio uh, files and things like that. Um, and it turns out that there is a Perl script called Exif Tool, E-X-I-F Tool, and it'll be called something different in each distribution. If you just go, if you've got Slackware and you're doing it from like FBOPKG, I think it's just Exif Tool. If you're doing it on Fedora, it's like Exif Tool dash image dash Perl, and then it's something different on Debian. I forget what, but it's, so it'll be a little bit different, but the idea is the same, the, the program's the same. And you can simply, in a command line, type in Exif Tool, E-X-I-F-T-O-O-L, and then the name of whatever video file or audio file you need to analyze. And it will read, it's only reading the metadata, so if someone's, you know, for some reason gotten the metadata wrong or is spoofing the metadata, then I guess you're going to be getting false information. But assuming you're just trying to find out what, you know, what some mysterious video file is or whatever, then all you need to do is type in exif tool, that, that file name, and it gives you everything you could ever want to know about that file. It's, it's really nice. It's really handy if you don't have, you know, if you're doing stuff and you don't have X started and you can't get into VLC to, to analyze the streams and everything, this is a, a really cool tool for that. Does it have a website? No, it does. Um, it, it doesn't make any, it, it's not like uh, they didn't go to the trouble of getting like a site, you know, as such. But it is on the interweb somewhere. Here it is. It's uh, www. You know what? Let me just paste this in the IRC because it's it's just. I think it must be some guy's like academic email or something or you know site just kind of somewhere. I, I like I said, I found it in pretty much. Uh, Slackware had it in SPOPKG. Fedora has it, and Debian has it in the in the repositories. If I could just find the chat room that I want to paste this into. Here it is. No sno.phy.queensu.ca slash tilde fill slash exif tool. I was spelling it wrong. No wonder I couldn't find it. Yeah. I wasn't putting the e at, e at the beginning. Ah, sorry. Yes, E-X-I-S. I mean, I honestly don't use it that much because typically if I'm doing work on video stuff, I've got X started, you know. Uh, but there are those odd occasions where you need to just find out what format someone has sent you a bunch of files in. And rather than having to start X just to play the thing in VLC or in player and, you know, read what it's giving you in its output, uh, Exif tool helps a lot. And, I mean, it doesn't care what file it is. I mean, it'll just, it'll read, 
the metadata on pictures, on, you know, like on photographs, on music files, on video files, whatever. And it gives you all kinds of information, the MIME type, the file type, the codec being used, the container that it's put into, whether it's joint stereo or mono or stereo, what sample rate, the bit rate, um, just everything you can imagine, really. I mean, just, you know, anything that's the metadata of that file, it spits back out to you. And this is end curses, or is it got like a? No, it's it's just it just parses it and spits it out onto your into your terminal in two columns. You know, on the left it tells you what it's telling you, and then on the right it tells you the value. Uh, you could obviously pipe it to a text document or something if you needed it for your records or something like that. Typically, I just pipe it to left, look at it really quick, and and then I've got whatever I need, which is usually what codec is really being used. Or, or maybe what sample rate, you know, something like that. So, Clarto, when when I wanted to know stuff like that on video, have you ever used that TC um, TC Pro? I think it comes with uh, mPlay or Memcoder or whatever. This does exactly the same thing, I take it, but you can use it on, what, everything, like you said, pictures and everything. Oh, so this is going to tell me what this... It tells you the resolution a movie's done in, what, what audio and video codecs... All that sort of information. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty handy. But uh, I wonder what your program is reading, because this one only reads metadata, which is one reason I don't really use it that much. I prefer, just because I don't want there to be a risk of me getting false information, I prefer to use VLC, because from what I can tell, that's reading it from the actual stream, you know? Um, what's, what's the one, what's the name of the uh, one that you're talking about? TC Pro. Um, it might be part of the transcode package. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, it's worth. I use a lot on video. When I find, um, you know, a video that looks pretty good, and I want to know how they've done it, I just run this TC probe and dash I for the input file and the obviously the file name, and it yeah. spits out a lot of useful data. I'm not sure if it's part of. Uh, looks like it. I'm code or, yeah. or transcode. I think. I think transcode. Yeah. Could you put yeah. that command in the chat room? What is it, TC probe? Yeah, TC yeah. probe. Dash I uh, and oh, the input. Dash I. I don't know. It's one of, I've, I've used it for these. And th now, does this work without X being launched, though? So it, it doesn't need to see that the video is playing, right? No, I'm pretty sure you can just yeah, do it from the command line out of X. But in saying that, I don't recall ever trying it that way. To it's just, like I say, I not something I actually need a whole lot, but when I do, you know, it's just such a pain sometimes to, to have to launch X if, if you're not, you know, if you're just working on something and you don't want to bother with it. That's that's the one reason I use Exif tool. But I'm going to look into uh, into the TC probe. I didn't know about that one. Glad you mentioned it. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to do with photos or anything. I have a play around with this one you just mentioned. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, I, I use it on photos as well. I mean, I, I know that there's probably a way with image magic or something to figure out the, the size of a photograph, but I don't know what it is. And there are so many commands in image magic that I can't be bothered to try to figure, you know, out the one that I want. So, again, XDIF tool, just to find out that kind of information on a photo, that's great. Use that a lot. All right, pretty cool find. Anything else? Uh, no, not for me. Because I'm kind of excited about this next one. Uh, it's Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I've had a desktop sitting over there for 
bit of time now that doesn't really get used because my wife, she spends all the time on the laptop. And as a few people know, I have an eight-year-old daughter. Well, she turned eight just the other day. And I thought, well, what could I put on here that might get her a little bit more enthusiastic with Linux? Although, in saying that, she's not too bad. She has the little EPC. And I've heard about Hannah Montana Linux. And as anyone who has a daughter about her know, uh, her age knows, Hannah Montana is just it at the moment. So, and I'd also heard, um, is it Tom and Larry on the, um, what's Going Linux. Going, yeah, going, going Linux. Linux. Yeah, yeah they, they had talked about it and, and actually called it evil because, um, in the song, it, it does say something about, um, what, uh, RM dash R, whatever, you know, race your hard drive. But, uh, like, when I looked at that, I didn't think that was that big a deal anyway. I, I can't see my daughter ever, ever actually looking at the words to this song. So anyway, I, I, I put Hannah Montana on. Um, now virtually all it is, and this is the only thing I couldn't understand, is it really is just, um, jaunty jackalope, uh, kabuntu with a Hannah Montana theme. So, I was a little bit disappointed that I went to the trouble to download a whole distribution, only to find out that really it's just from the boot up, the grub menu, right through um, the splash screen to your desktop, you're going to get glorious pink or purple. I'm not sure what colour it's supposed to be. <laughs> I think it's, it's fuchsia. certainly vibrant. Sorry. What, what would you call fuchsia. that? It's it, fuchsia. Is it? Fuchsia. Okay, we'll stick with fuchsia. Um, I'd also read that you were going to get a few uh, yeah, WAV files, and I was really disappointed to find out that I just got the normal KDE start script and had to go and, and make up a few WAV files for, you know, Hannah. Like, it sings Hannah Montana songs when it boots up now. Uh, but anyway, the fact of the matter is it did what I was hoping. My daughter was very enthusiastic about it all, jumped on it, the other thing I was disappointed in that it really doesn't have any... It's obviously aimed at young ladies. Um, it might be aimed at young blokes, I don't know. <laughs> There's a few young blokes out there might enjoy it. But I, I, I think if they went to so much trouble to theme it this well, maybe they should have, you know, installed a few applications that, um, that a young girl might like. Like, uh, I mean, this bloke, he said that he, he developed that you know, to get young ladies interested in Linux, um, he should have went to a little bit more trouble, I think, and, and installed some applications. The first one, of course, I put on there was that jQuery that we talked about on Linux Cracks. Yeah. Because um, my daughter loves that. I, I would imagine any little girl is going to love that application. So if you do have a spare computer or a young lady... Uh, that you want to get interested in Linux, I think you could do a hell of a lot worse than Hannah Montana Linux. So you can fork it with all your modifications? <laughs> yeah, well, well, from everything I read part two, that it was supposed to loop the, one of Hannah Montana's songs when they booted up. But I couldn't find any WAV files at all or any um, files or any music files that suggested that there was a Hannah Montana theme to it, yeah. to, to the audio. That's because you're too old to operate it, Peter. Yeah, probably. Um, but definitely only had the Kubuntu um, boot-up noise when it loaded. Yeah, it's not too bad. And of course, I installed OpenMolar on it, because I wanted to be the first bloke to install OpenMolar on 
Hannah Montana Linux, and I sent <laughs> RG some screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear more about their song. The song? Is it the song they made just for this distro, or is it a real song? No, nah, well, the, the song is just her singing. And um, she says that? She says R in that. Oh, no, sorry, in the oh, song. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's what you're talking about. No, I think the bloke um, wrote that song. Hold on, I had the words here. I can sing it for you if you want. Yeah, yeah if um, you would. Oh, yeah, boot up, yeah, you get the gooey out front, yeah. Other stars, every theme, every color, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what boot you're supposed to sing to. Um, That's obvious, Peter. Your route, it can be kind of fun. Okay, yeah, as long as your password is never discovered. Oh, well, okay, that's fair enough. Um, now, just this is the line, I think, that uh, Tom or Larry had, had trouble with. Uh, but tech support's cool because nobody knows. Yeah, you get to be a Windows loser, but big time when you RM-RF wildcard, you get the best of both OSs. Run Windows, take it slow. <laughs> I mean, hey, who cares? Oh, I love that song. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Hey, how does her song go? I'm trying to think of a song. If I knew the tune, I could sing it so much better. I'm oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we got that recorded. Yeah. I should get my daughter in it to sing. Yeah, I'm surprised Peter just didn't put it to the tune of setting on my John Deere, <laughs> reading my Dear John Ladder. Uh, <laughs> but that's the other thing. Yeah. You're obviously not going to give your eight-year-old daughter the root password. Like, there's no need for her to know it. Even if she sang the song and typed the whole thing, um, I don't think there's going to do much damage. Yeah. So it's highly recommended to little girls and little boys. Pegwall. Yeah. Oh, hardy, har, har. Does anybody read uh, planet.gnome.org? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> the third story down was posted on what's today? Today is the fifth, right? So this is a yeah. This was posted today. Yeah. Now is this a developer? Who are you talking to? Uh, anybody wants to answer? From Davey <laughs> to Danielle. Yes. Is this for real? This is for oh. real. Oh. Where are you? Sorry. Go to, go to go to go to planet.gnome.org. It's probably a developer. I don't. Yeah, I'm sure because he went to Guadac. He says, she says, and he's going to be a woman when he comes back from vacation. Correct. I don't think I want to go to this site. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like one of dance sites. No, it's the official GNOME site. Yeah, it's for real. This okay. Official, apparently, official this gay GNOME. Site. This is, is that what you said? okay. Mono now trannies. What's next? This is why you should use KDE right here. You know, I mean, if he wants to become a girl, it's his prerogative. Yeah, I don't know why it's doing on planet.gnome, but, I mean, people's personal posts get onto the planets because they... They, they want it to be on there. Well, that's <laughs> true. Come on, let's well, yeah, be but, I mean, Which of us have them packed it up between our legs and looked in the mirror? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> We're all friends here. Oh, Thanks, that friend. <laughs> I'm glad you're in Australia, Peter. 
and that's where this guy's at, or her, or Danielle, whatever his name is. He's in Melbourne. Isn't that in? Oh, uh, Melbourne. You're in neck of the woods, right? Well, yeah, long way from here. And he talks about being in Perth before he moved to Melbourne. Well, definitely Australia. Where the hell are you reading? I don't think I want to read this anyway. <laughs> I'm putting this in the show notes. Something about a neighbor, Peter, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Post in the thing, forum. Uh, I see, so I know what you're talking about. If you use mono, you become a tranny. He's not transvestite, he's transsexual. Or transgender. Transgendered, whatever. What does that mean? Confused. That means confused. (laughs) Well, this is all very interesting, but I must say I'm wondering what we're doing talking about this on here. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean... (laughs) I'd prefer to talk about Google OS, to be honest with you. You know what? I'm just trying to prove a point that KDE is better. (laughs) Sorry, I'm reading some of the comments. Better at what? You're married. What's your wife think? Maybe she said, I think I need to start seeing other people. And he thought, I could become another person. I just wanted to make everyone aware. Oh. <laughs> or uncomfortable. One of the You've succeeded. <laughs> well, it sounds like everyone's all for it. Okay. Move, let's move on. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if, he's, if, if she is c- contributing to Linux and doing cool stuff, then great. And I don't really know what this person does. You know, so I can't really even comment on... I'm not making fun of her or him. Person. I'm just saying, right. you you go, girl. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Peter brought up Google OS. So if you... Okay, if you guys were on the marketing team, how would you market Google OS to kill Microsoft? I wouldn't. I would, I would, I would market something else, like Linux. Well, the question I thought about after like you wrote that um, Monster B was, why do they have to? Like, Google gets its revenue from advertisements on the web page, correct? So really, what does it matter to them what OS um, it's running on? Because that's the nature of businesses. They always want to expand into every possible, um, you know, market or whatever. I mean, isn't that just how it goes? I mean... You would have said the same thing about, I don't know, Apple. You know, why do they care about cell phones? Because it's just more money. If they get their product, if people are buying their product, then that's more money for them. Yeah, and yeah, well, that was where I was going to lead to, too, that they're not going to make their money from their OS. Right. But if they started to release products like netbooks mm-hmm. and their phones and desktop computers, with I, I, I take it this Google Chrome is going to be a free operating system. But t- the next logical step to me is to start to sell the hardware. And they could sell it pretty cheap, I reckon. Like, how much money do they have to make on a netbook that's going to run their operating system with all their apps in the cloud that is then going to continue to generate revenue for them? Well, like, isn't that where Dell is going? Isn't that where Dell is headed with these phones? Well, I'm not sure how Dell can continue to um, make money after they they give away or, or sell their hardware with an operating system, if that's what Dell's doing. But Google would continue to make money purely through advertising on 
their OS that they've given away on the hardware that they've, that they've sold extremely cheap. You know what, what I mean? Yeah, well, I think you're right. I think that's, I think that's what they're doing. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's technically vendor lock-in because they're not really locking people into anything, but, I mean, it's that kind of that sensibility. It's like everything you run needs to be Google. Our heart, you know, you can, we'll brand some hardware and call it Google. We'll brand the OS and call it Google, and then you'll start using all of our little apps. You know, just kind of get people entrenched in all of your, in everything you offer. Well, and then and just that was get, our, get money yeah. from everything possible that you can. Yeah, and well, here's and the thought. Yeah. Actually, about that, if I mean they want everyone to use all the Google stuff everywhere, sign up and for all that. Why not give or give either a discount or, or the hardware away for free? You know, we'll give you a free computer on, and you you have to sign something saying that you know you have to use all Google stuff. Not saying it's a good idea, but it's one. You know, people love free stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, actually, people, now that you say that, people were talking about the same thing when Apple was doing Apple TV, because it was like, I mean, Apple TV is basically just a front end for their iTunes store, you know, so, like, why not give it away and say, now go forth and buy all of your media from iTunes store? But obviously, they didn't do that. I guess they, in Apple terms, maybe they did sell it for a lot cheaper than they usually sell hardware for, maybe. But yeah, I, I mean that would be a good idea if 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 we were on Google's marketing team, give um, give the Netflix away practically for free or whatever. That, that's what I reckon, mate. Give it, give the hardware away at cost. But the yeah. other thing too, and I don't know, I haven't read this anywhere. Sure, Google's OS is going to run the Linux kernel, but do we know that you can install any software on it? Can I go and even put OpenOffice on this operating system? What happens when this thing comes out and it's only got all Google applications, but you can't put KOffice on it, you can't put OpenOffice on it, you have to only use Google Apps. How do we know? Has anyone even seen that you can install different applications on this thing yet? No, I don't think so. I don't, yeah, I don't well, believe so. I mean, it's probably going to be possible. It, it might have to be through some kind of elaborate hack or something, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it terribly... Receptive to that, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because they have to protect their impression. They want everyone to sit down in front of a Google-branded OS and get the same kind of experience. So if you sit down in front of my Google OS and it's hacked to bits and has chaos instead of Google Docs, then that's not going to reflect good on their brand. You know, that's typically, I think, how, how companies, these software companies, think about things. Yeah, and also the fact is Google isn't targeting me or you or anyone on this call, right. they, they're going after, and like Monster B said, how, how they market it, well, they're going to market it at the new user, aren't they? They're going to try, logically, everything suggests to me that they have to sell this on, have it on hardware, because me and you aren't going to go and install this on our computers. New users aren't going to install it because they don't know how, and that's the sort of people they are going to target, I reckon they have to put it on hardware themselves. And then those people who go and get it, the mums and dads or the, the ex-Windows users who really don't know that they're getting another operating system, all they want to do is get on the internet, you know, that, that's who they're going to be after. And those people aren't going to want to install OpenOffice or anything. Yeah, anyway. no, I'm sure you're right about that. I'm sure you're right about that. They can't sell it without the hardware because people aren't going to install anything. I don't care how easy the installer is, it's just not going to happen. No. 
geeks and the OS, no one else does. Yeah, that's right. And geeks aren't going to be interested. Geeks are going to put this on, look at it like me with Hannah Montana Linux, yeah. play with it for 15 minutes, and even that, um, uh, what was it, Green OS or GOS, GOS OS? Yeah, I mean, GOS. I think, yeah, everyone looks at, all us geeks look at the, these things, but we certainly don't use them. I, I think, like, a Windows Power user might install it. You know, they're probably, you know, they might go to the website, you know, the, you know, to search for something, it might say underneath, you know, download our free operating system. You know, it's virus-free. That's true. And That's true. They could market it. You're probably right. You, they could market it to the Windows Power user. And I bet you anything, the installer is going to be an executable that you would install just like uh, uh, that Ubuntu thing, that Wubby. Wubby. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's one way to market it, just to get it and get it out there on um, a lot of PC magazine discs and stuff like that. Where yeah, yeah, you know that that sort of thing. Yeah, I I thought yeah certainly the web app approach bodes well with netbooks and that. And originally I think it did when when the original um, EE PC came out with a few gig of RAM and that. You know that that was a niche there for the web apps. But these days, most of those netbooks, they got bloody, what, you know, 300 gig hard drives in them, don't they? So yeah, practically. Yeah, so you're not really saving anything having web applications anymore, right? Like, space is no longer an issue. And I don't, course, know, I, just, people I don't think, I don't, I think it would be a stretch for anyone to tell me that they can actually live off of web apps. I mean, that's just, that doesn't sound right to me. But obviously they're going to have, I guess, sort of more of a uh, syncing scenario where you've got your a local copy all the time so that when you don't have Wi-Fi or Internet access or whatever. Yeah, and that would sort of be invisible to the user if they set it up yeah. like, wouldn't it? Yeah. So that's the way they want to market that sort of thing. Yeah. And it, it'll be interesting. And what can't you do in a browser? I mean, look at Quake Live. I mean, you can actually play, you know, an OpenGL game inside of your browser. I mean, so there's, I don't know. I think I think they can do pretty well with this. But so you're yeah. you're 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 going off the assumption that Chrome OS is the Chrome browser. Is that what you're saying, or or, or you just mean in general? I, I think the web they could. A powerful platform. I just think that they're going to probably integrate, you know, their browser as the operating system. So when you fire it up, that's your desktop. I don't know. I'm just I don't guessing. See that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I. I mean, I, the name suggests that, but I just, I can't see that. I can't, I could be wrong. I always pictured it more like that GOS where you would yeah, sort too, of go almost. to a, yeah, a, a desktop, but the desktop would have the icon, the link to all those net applications. But but certainly what you're saying wants to be, I could, yeah, I could see that too, you know. Yeah, I, I, I just picture it as one, your desktop is one big browser with no, you know, title bar up there. It's just full screen and it's got tabs. And when you want to use your Office program, you just hit on that tab and it would open it up. If you want to browse the net, you hit on the other tab. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah, that works. Didn't they say something about creating their own window manager or tiling window manager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So back to that Quake Live. Has anybody tried it? Yeah, I had a muck around with it. I mean, I only played it on the laptop, but um, certainly ran well. Yeah, it runs really good. What I remember, what it was like when I played it all those years ago. 
It's based on the Quake 3 engine, is that what it is? Or based on Quake 3? It looked like Quake 3, didn't it? Yeah, Quake it, is, 3, it right? is Quake 3, isn't it? Yeah. I only played it twice, but you know, but it, it ran really nice. I mean, there's no lag or anything. Challenge, you, you got it running full screen, didn't you? Yeah, it, it works a lot better than I expected it to, actually. Uh, usually you have problems getting things like that to work, but obviously they tested it quite a bit before they released it, uh, and Linux got it quite a bit later than Windows did. But yeah, it does work great. So, I don't know, I mean, can can someone just... I, mean, I, I don't play games, as you probably know, and I don't, don't... I've never really done the whole online gaming thing, so... So you go to like QuakeLive.com or something, and you sign up for an account or something, and then you just you're dropped into the game and you just start playing. I mean, is that kind of like what it is, or, or is there yeah, the, to it there's or there's a little delay uh, between signing up and getting to play against people. They need to download a uh, Firefox extension. Okay, so it has to be Firefox then. I'm not sure exactly what all it works with. Uh, in Windows, it would be like an MSI file to install. I'm just looking. I'm, I'm I'm there now, I guess, on Conqueror, and it's definitely not loading properly. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine that Conqueror would work. Was it like a Java Java interface or something? Or, or, I mean, how does it work? Well, they download their extension, and after that, you get signed in, and uh, they have to download. Some some of the game data, which takes, uh, oh, okay. depending on your connection, it'll be like ten minutes maybe. Sure. Okay. And they make sure that they don't like make you wait a long time. Once they get some initial data in, while you're looking over the site, it'll be downloading the extra stuff that it needs. Cool. And and part of it, they'll even put you in uh, the training mission to get the rest of the data downloaded. The training, basically, you go through and uh, you play against the bot, and based on how well you do, they put you in the ranking system. Uh, wow. And they can figure out, like, which person would be best suited to play against on the multiplayer. So you're going to get a bunch of people that pretend to be really crap, just so they can wipe the floor with some new... That could be a problem, yes. <laughs> Although, presumably, that, if you do that, that it instantly rates you up. Oh, I see. I, I don't know. Some people seem to find it fun. <laughs> Generally, they're, they're known as the Halo crowd, but... <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, you know, Quake 3 is it's an old game. And there's a lot of people that's been playing all this time, and, you know, they know every single thing about the game. Like, exactly where to fire. <laughs> and you're probably not going to beat those people. It's going to take you a really long time to to get that good. You should try it out, Claude, too. I don't think so. They don't they don't just throw you in necessarily. They they have a a page that you can you can look at the tips and uh, you know, figure right, out certain techniques on how to play. How do you play with the keyboard or can you use like a don't kind use of a controller touchpad. or something or That's all I'm really? telling you, Claude. Yeah, don't try play it on the laptop with a touchpad. Oh. Uh it, Mouse and the keyboard. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fast playing. game. I mean, first-person shooters are generally fast. You need to, you know, you have Isn't one hand on the keyboard, WASD, free movement, and you got to move the mouse pretty quick. Just to bring back old memories, it was worth having to go. I mean, how long ago Quake 3 come out? A lot of years now, wasn't it? 12 or something, would it be? Yep, 
played a lot of land games on Quake 3. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is, you know, free and stuff, right? I mean, I mean, just in terms of, like, cost. It's not like World of Warcraft where you have to pay your 15 or 30 or whatever it is bucks a month to get right. out of Right. You're just logging in and it's all free. Wow. It's got a big red button in it, but to play now free. And it keeps track of all your stats. Cool. Which mine says I was killed 300 times. And <laughs> <laughs> it's fast, because as soon as I join a game, I'm like splattered everywhere. Really? Oh, yeah, it's like so fast. Well, don't you get some seconds after you appear, like, to kind of get your bearings? No, I get, you get like a few seconds to watch everybody shooting everything. And then when you respawn, I mean, the bullets are flying. I mean, one time I did break loose and I got to jump. But as soon as I jumped, I got shot. Wow, that sounds kind of strange. Yeah, it's so it's sad. so you're ev- so everyone's playing against each other basically. Was it deathmatch? So everyone everyone's against oh, okay. you know everybody for themselves. Well, maybe if you tried like something a little bit more, I don't know, goal oriented like external of just shooting each other. If there is such a such a thing, maybe that. Well, would this will give you an example that one bloke in here has played. 5.6 million matches Good according gosh. to his stats. Well, what's that? Completed list, yeah. 5.6 million. And, um, so, oh, okay, because Windows had this a uh, long time before Linux did. Oh, yeah, since 1998. Oh, Quake Live. You... No, uh, well, Quake 3 is from 1998. But this yeah, is yeah, the exact same Quake game. Live. Well, Quake Live is only, what, oh, a year old? That, oh, no, sorry, that might be rags. 5.6 million still alive. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. I'm trying to read. Yeah. I, re- I refuse to play anything like that with Monster B because every time I have, he just team kills me over and over and over. That's him acting out like a fantasy that he has in, you know, real life. <laughs> <laughs> that was an urban terror. I remember that. Yeah. So then I just started shooting him. Good time. It is fun. Before we move on, um, well, you download probably like eight megabytes, and then while you're doing the training, it it downloads in the background. So it's probably what like twenty, thirty megabytes altogether for this extension. Oh, I can't remember, but it's not yeah, too bad. A lot. Yeah, no, it wasn't much. Well, I'm sure. I mean, if you're really going to play it too, I mean, that's obviously a great thing because then you get all kinds of. Uh, I mean, that must increase the speed substantially. Not having to pull down data, you know, via the network all the time. Got it on your computer. You can reuse all that data. That seems pretty cool. I don't, that's probably standard procedure for games these days, but I, I'd never really thought about that before. And it says on their website it's for Firefox 2, but it, it runs perfect in Firefox 3.5. Cool. Yeah, it actually looks like the top blokes have played about 1,100 games. 5.6 million sounded better, so we'll stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah. like 5.6 million. It's really only 1,100, yeah. but... It was 1,100. But that tells you. They they get into it. Yeah. Anything else on Quake Live? We'll move on to Art B61. Oh, okay. I have, getting back into the new Linux users, like I usually do, I found an article in Linux Journal... Uh, titled Building Linux Audio Applications 101. It's a multi-part user guide. And, of course, this is part one, and I'll post the link in the 
IRC, and it seems to be a really good basic uh, set of instructions. The guy gives some background on uh, why you would want to build uh, audio programs. Also, some video it says in here too. But basically, what he says is anybody who's looking for newer um, versions of a piece of software that you can basically build your own. And again, he talked about why you would do it and why you might not do it. So by building, you mean you're, you're talking about compiling, not like programming a new application. Right, right, compiling, okay. yeah. Sure. Where you would get a new, you know, you'd get a newer version that might sure. not be in the package manager. And, uh, gotcha. It, uh, it, like, like I said, he gives you reasons why you would compile one and why you wouldn't. And he gives you right down to the the steps on, you know, the uh, steps on what to do uh, if you want to get it from SVN uh, repository or CVS repository. I mean, he, he writes them out for you. When, when was this article uh, written? September 1st. Yes, September 1st this came out. Oh, man, I, I just pitched Linux Journal an app, a thing about compiling software like two months ago, and they turned me down. Oh, they might have had this one in the wings. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they didn't just reassign it to some other author. Well, you might want to nah, give it a hell. Nah, nah, they're actually a really good magazine. Well, this is, this seems to be a really good article. I'd be interested in reading the uh, the next parts of it because uh, the guy sounds like, you know, he's very down to earth, and you know, it really breaks it up pretty well on what you have to do. Yeah, it sounds really nice. Yeah, and uh, and it, you know, it right like now, it looks good. Like, uh, you know, it's, this goes along with what you've been, you know, talking about in your, your cast and stuff with the different um, letters on what, you know, like with the X, J, V, F, you know, and what each one does. And yeah. It, it's just a nice command line for new people. I mean, you know, it's, it, it takes the scare out of it. Yeah. No, it sounds really nice. It looks like it's talking about, like, make files a little bit. Yep, and it gives you it gives you um, you know towards the bottom of the article, yeah, and it tells you what tools to use like Auto Tools and uh, yeah. Make and Premake and yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a very good article. And like I said, I'm looking forward to the next part of it. It's supposed to be in mm, soon. Doesn't say when exactly, but also it talks about Ogbor, but it's in the very bottom of it too. Cool. And that's my. Quick little tip, package, note, whatever you want to call it. And do you guys get the printed magazine for a Linux journal? No, I don't. I get it off the shelf. I, I don't subscribe. Yeah, I've been a subscriber for a while, but I'm thinking about just going with the uh, digital, digital version next time. Yeah. I start getting magazines, and I end up with so many of them. That if you if you miss reading a couple, you, you get a pile of them. Yes, and that's exactly why I don't subscribe because I'll do the same thing. They they just seem to they come so quickly. Whereas if I just get it when I'm at, when I happen to be at the bookstore, I'll pick it up. I know I'm probably paying more for each issue or whatever, but it's just it works for me because then I got the magazine. I have to read it, you know, and I do read every article, every little part of it. So yeah, from front to back. For me. And, a, yeah. and a lot of times you'll look at one on a shelf and go, oh, that you know you you. You know, you're not interested in that article. You're not interested in that article. 
so you would only read half of it anyway. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, exactly. Like, why pay ten ninety five for a magazine that you're only going to read a few articles? Yeah. And you can always print out. I mean, if you get the digital or, you know, look at online, you can always print out the sections that you want to keep. Yeah, or, or print a PDF and put it on your Nokia in 800. Ooh, yeah, there you go. Or your or your phone with that kind of horsepower. Yep. Peter, uh, 64, I need to follow up with that PC probe thing that you were talking about. Um, not too crazy about it, actually. It doesn't quite give as much information as I would like. And he doesn't care. He's playing with Hannah Montana. Leave him alone. Yeah, I should have bothered him. He's probably trying to figure out how to sing the song. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's getting the timing down right and everything. Getting the right beat going, you know. I mean, TC Probe seems pretty nice. Apparently, if you if you if you install Transcode, uh, that includes TC Probe. But um, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be quite as exhaustive as as the other one. But it it is analyzing the stream. So in that in that sense, it it is kind of better. So giving you accurate information is what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. You know, like. This is really, really the information, not just the metadata. So I guess, I mean, obviously both are definitely good to have. In well, you said you could use that off the command line too, right? You know, I don't know. I should. I, I need to. I need to switch over to something without X. Let me just switch to a different TTY and actually test it out. TC probe. And TC probe is only for videos, right? No, no, it'll, it'll do uh, audio as well. Hmm. And yeah, you can do it without X. So that is that is kind of cool. Yeah, I guess I'll just uh, I'll say both of them are pretty pretty good actually. So I take back what I, I just said. Okay, he wasn't listening anyway. Yeah, I don't know. There are, there are some things. That, yeah, I guess you just need both. I mean, that's the thing about these kinds of tools. You just you can't you can't just say okay, I've got this one. I don't need anything else. Because like it just it just failed completely to. To analyze the .slv uh, file, whereas Exif Tool will at least look at that and tell you a lot of information about it, like a lot. Well, yeah, that's the nice part about Linux. You can have them on your on your uh, machines, and as long as you remember that they're there, you know you can access them easy enough. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you just switch to another terminal, type in a little command, and bingo, there's your information. You go back to the other terminal and do what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone here use Xterm? Yeah. Not not on an everyday basis, but I, I use it sometimes. When you launch yours, have you ever tried this? I'll put it in the, in the, in the chat room. With the dash FN 10 by 20. And it actually oh. looks pretty nice. Boy, it doesn't look very good on my system. <laughs> no, it doesn't look good? No. Why, what does it look like? Yeah. Are the fonts too small or too big? Too big. But I, I I just compared it to a normal one, so now I see where where you're going with it. Well, and what size is your screen? Uh, 1280 by 800. Okay. The the one I'm trying it on now is a 1280 by uh, 1024. Yeah, I figured. Well, maybe because I'm 40 and and the big fonts look better. Better, yeah. <laughs> like you can see them. Yeah, the FN just stands for font name. Oh, okay.
Yeah, if you do an xterm dash dash help, it shows all the commands. So let's put uh, Pegwell on the spot. He said he didn't have a story. Yeah, I mean, he's only had, like, what, two hours to come up with one now? I bet he still doesn't have one. Yeah. Sure don't. You said last-minute stuff sucks, so I didn't bother. Tell us something about 3.30 that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> story. <laughs> something that, when you finish, he's going to punch you that hard for telling us. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> To be honest, there's really not much to tell, because he's the same way on the show as he is in real life, just more cussing and yelling very strange things. How could you live with a person like that? Uh, Usually because I cuss all the time, like a sailor. That's where he's got that big box fan in the room, so he can turn that on and put his head by it so he don't hear anything. Is it cuss or curse? You say cuss. Yeah, people say cuss, but it's really curse, but it's the American version of curse is cuss, yeah. Do you say swear? Do you swear at all or not? Yeah, people say that, too. People swear all the time here, Peter. Where the hell have you been? Yeah, yeah, I realize you swear, but I was wondering if you called it swearing or cussing. Cussing is the polite way to say it. Okay. It depends on if you want to sound like a snob or not. Look, I don't. Even, it's not even cussing like a sailor. I cuss like an Australian. Well, you know what? Let's go around the table and we'll just say our favorite cuss words. Claw two. Go ahead. Favorite curse word. <laughs> I say darn and heck a lot. There you go. There Probably you go. way too much. <laughs> I, I say fiddlesticks a lot. Yeah. What I about you? Cheesing. I go. I go cheese and crackers. That's what I go. Holy cheese and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Peter? Crikey. Crikey, mate. <laughs> that's, that, mate. That's just dirty, Peter 64. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to change the rating on this show. We can yeah. find out who's got kids right now, see? <laughs> I say bloody. Uh, not that bloody is a swear word these days anyway, but um, I suppose I say bloody more than anything. Well, see, I often wonder about how many swear words really are swear words anymore. I mean, they seem to be so common in the everyday, at least in the groups of the people that I hang out with, it seems pretty much just common language now, you know. I mean, are they really still considered, like... I guess they are, because movies still get rated based on, you know, the kind the of... Seven, the language. seven words you can't say on TV. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. <laughs> and they're still there. I'll tell you a story about this. This is when I decided that the world isn't a nice place anymore. <laughs> I was delivering mail. This is going back, I don't know, in the mid-'80s. I was delivering mail to this house one day, and there was this kid, and he must have been about five or six standing out the front, and he's waiting at the letterbox, and he he said, Post, have you got any rubber bands? Because, you know, you make, you get rubber bands and you flick them and all that sort of stuff. And I said, oh, mate, I haven't got any spare ones. And he goes, you know what he said to me? He goes, yeah, F and C, Posty. <laughs> <laughs> There's no word of a lie. This is coming out of the mouth of a six-year-old. And fair income, I felt like getting off my bike and kicking him through his front door. But I thought, the world has changed. You know, back in my day, if I if you didn't say please and thank you, you've got to hide. And now right. kids can say yeah, F and C if they don't get what they want. Oh, God. What a world. 
Anyway, I'll just thought I'd share that with you. I still my 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 oldest one is twenty three, and every time she every time she swears, I go over and whack her in the back of the head or something, and say, uh, uh, "Excuse me, what did you just say?" And it's like, mm. see, I won't cuss around my family or around old people, really, out of respect. Well, that's the key, respect. Yeah. If you're my age, then it's it's gonna fly. Well, I just have to slap you. When do you hear kids calling adults Mr. and Mrs. anymore? I still do that. I, yeah, I was so going to say, actually. I still call my, my father's friends Mr. and Mrs. from back when I was a kid. But I cannot think that I've ever been called Mr. Christ in bloody by anybody, you know? Let's start calling you that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd start looking for my father. I'd turn around and look for Dad. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. The world has changed, and I don't know that it's changed for the better. The problem is, Peter, is that there's nobody around for some of these kids to teach them right from wrong. Yeah, and I don't know about over there, but have they taken the canes out of school? Oh, yeah. They don't. Yeah. The teachers, the teachers, these teachers over here can't even holler at a kid. Or they yeah. go down, you know, they, they make a report out. Yeah, it, it hasn't improved society. Like, getting a cane never did me any harm. And I used to get the bloody thing once a week. Yeah. Thank you. May I have another? It didn't help either, did it? <laughs> no, but it, was, it used to be a thing to show how tough you were, you know? I got whacked three times this week. Yeah, I did. Beat that. Shit, when I was in school, the teachers used to take you out in the hallway and, like, throw you up against the lockers and tell you they're going to kick the shit out of you if you don't yeah. straighten up. I had a math teacher that would throw a stapler at people. I got yeah, I had a accuracy. science teacher. Did the same. He used to throw whatever was closest. Didn't matter how hard it was. Harder the better. <laughs> he also had a uh, racquetball, and he was really good at bouncing off someone's head and catching it from his desk. It was crazy. We've seen your borrowed bloody peg. Well, it would have been hard to bounce off yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you bought that footy helmet. <laughs> and I thought that was a school photo. <laughs> Yeah, that was me when I was 20 in the ninth grade. <laughs> You're on a 15-year plan? <laughs> I think we've got off topic somehow. What was the topic? What, we what were, were we talking about? We were done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, since we picked on Pegwall so much, what's the name of your podcast so we can call Here. it even? <laughs> <laughs> All right, first off, I'm going to say sorry to uh, everyone that actually might listen because it's terrible. It is something it is, kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when that 3.30 gets on. He fucks it all up. <laughs> and I'd li- also like to say uh, thanks to Klaatu for the one episode he was on. <laughs> Don't ever, and, ever publicize that again. <laughs> well, this is the first time I'm hearing this. What, what's up with that, Klaatu? You know, Peter64 told me, oh, come on, there, there's a podcast out there you know, jump on in the call, and I did, and I was just shocked. I was amazed. <laughs> that was ages ago. You didn't That's think why I don't I... listen to Peter sixty four anymore. <laughs> you never <Yeah>. did. <laughs> and you can find it at somethingkindoftechie.org. And Monster V, you're welcome anytime. I, I love having everyone on. Three thirty cool. said the same thing. <laughs> Too bad I got to work that night. You know, it's probably worth mentioning, Pegwall, that you that something got attacked. You went AUG only, not oh, yes, AUG, right? No, I mean, 
I'm yeah, still working on editing all the episodes and getting the uh, you know intros out. And uh, we also have a theme song now too, which is kind of awesome. And I'd like to Stuz seventy eight from the uh, Linux Cranks chat room. And I, w- I thank him profusely yeah. for it. Cool. You're not gonna sing it, are you? No, there's no words to it. Can't be any worse Good. than Peters. <laughs> I'll just hey, have him make up words. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm having make up words. Come on, Peg. Well, we had all the words for it. Something kind of tacky. Doodly doodly do. <laughs> Jamie, what's the incident? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, in the uh, chat room? <laughs> the incident we're talking about. You know what the incident is. Someone got <laughs> yeah, stopped when they shouldn't do. Yeah. And that's about it. I'm not going to say anymore. I want Ops Monster B, please. You guys are on probation right now. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do this time? The incident. <laughs> I wasn't involved. The whole entire channel got shut down that day. <laughs> you were the instigator, Mrs. Zoak. You instigated the incident. No, I did no. not. <laughs> All when I, remember. I instigate things, Peter, I remember I instigated them. <laughs> I and remember what happened. And you're a lot better than a one-day shut down the chat room. <laughs> Claude, two, Claude 2 gave Andy Meows, uh Full ops. For which I, I will never forgive him. I, he's on my ignore <laughs> to this day. And he started kicking people like crazy. No, he didn't just kick people. He just, like, took over the channel or something. I have not seen that dude in the chat in ages. Well, I haven't either, but I wouldn't because he's on my ignore list. So. It, I was well, that's only if he signs on as Andy Meow. He signs on as somebody now. else. He'd be married, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's married yeah, now. He, he probably doesn't even go near a computer anymore. No. He finally got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Zoke, it's all because of Klaatu and Andy Meows. Yep. <laughs> I hate to be in the same sentence with that guy. Because of Klaatu and my anarchist ideals that totally and utterly failed in IRC land. But why is Klaatu still an op? Yeah, mm-hmm. why? Because I, you know, I'm... I, I've reformed my way. He's learned his lesson. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Told you not to trust those cat people. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> uh, speaking of Klaatu reforming his ways, the government fed him three steaks and a small child, and he ate them gladly. <laughs> uh, truth. Very true. <laughs> oh, and Mrs. Zilk, I forgot how to make people ops. Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't feel like looking it up. That is so convenient. Well, she can look it up for you. Yeah, so but... Just paste the commands you need to put in it. I'm <laughs> kind of busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you guys want ops so bad? Well, so when people stop being an idiot to her, then she can kick them herself. Actually, it doesn't really matter. I just get so He does it for me. I refuse to let hey. him have more control than I have. <laughs> <laughs> if we kicked idiots off the channel, it'd be empty. Oh man! And then they I'm just not move. referring. I'm not referring to idiots. I'm referring to stupid pricks. 
have we said goodbye? Are we finished? We are finished, are we? Yeah. No, we're still rolling. <laughs> yeah. We may be more finished than we think. Yeah, really. We have to vote kick somebody, don't we? Or is that Linux? No, that's our show, isn't it? Yeah, but let's do it tonight. How come no one got sent to the bin all night long? That's because we're vote picking tonight. Like just, just that's that's oh, okay. because no, it's because Zoke had me on mute the whole time. <laughs> that's probably it. Bad my behave tonight. I'd like to nominate myself to be kicked. Now we can't vote kick on this show. That's cranks. Yeah, it is cranks. I want right. to kick I don't someone yourself anyway, shows. What if we all kick Pegwall? Yeah, let's just do that. Get it over with. Well, Ash could just send him to the bean. What do you think of that, yeah, Pegwall? Come on here and pimp that show. <laughs> Selfish. No story, and then he comes on and pimps his show. <laughs> yeah. I'm a whore like that. Why doesn't Miso Dan like, like us anymore? He never comes on any show. Miso, we still love you. Yeah, and he hasn't been on my show either. Are, are you guys like me where you're pretty busy during the week and uh, and you really need to like meet up with people? Have you tried go to meeting? Go <laughs> 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 uh, to meeting I met, I and uh, met put in one pr- time on Twitter, and it start, he started following me. <laughs> and put in promotion code Titty, and uh, and you will get a ten percent <laughs> discount. Get, you'll get your one point two percent discount. Put in promo code Titty, and you'll get nothing. We should probably end this. Go on to the after show. <laughs> Safety first. <clears throat> so next Saturday is Lennox Cranks, and then the following Friday. Uh, no, what is? When will we do another show? I don't have a calendar in front of me. <laughs> you don't have a calendar on your computer? I'm doing it right now. Uh, NetBSD doesn't allow calendars. It's a security oh, risk. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's a risk. He's, compi- he's compiling one right now. <laughs> the next tip radio will be September 19th. That's when we record it live. So it'll probably be posted around Christmas time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh... Will it be the whole show or half the show, Pat? We're still waiting um, on episode 7. No, I, I'm going to post that on Monday because I do have posting powers for at least a week now. So that is going to get posted and then this episode, whenever you're ready, just let me know and I'll post this one. Okay, cool. So I'll see you guys next week for Lennox Cranks and... following week is OLF, right? No. Don't complicate matters, Art. Please. You know what? Let's forget all these dates. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because we live in the now, man. Yeah, we don't have time to plan. I'll see you guys in the after show. Good night. All right. Good night, Good night everybody. Yeah. Happy Good Father's night. Day. That's Come right. On. Happy Happy Australian Father's Day, Peter. Yeah. Australia Happy Father's Day, Peter. Father. Um, so when do they do it in Europe? Uh, same day as in the U.S., but I can't remember. Sorry? It's in June. It's in June. June. Uh-huh. It's the sixth Sunday in June. I think it's the first or second Sunday in June. I know Mother's Day is different in the U.S. and the U.K. To all the Australian fathers out there, I'd like to say, good job reproducing. <laughs> 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 all right, see you guys later. Ladies, everyone. Night. Good night. Good night. Night. Oh boy. Stop recording conversation. Stop recording conversation.